good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Thursday, the 3rd of February 2022, and we'll start off, as we always do, with the nationwide COVID numbers. The country registered 22 more COVID-19 fatalities and 8,587 new cases during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry announced on Wednesday morning. This compared with the 12 coronavirus-related fatalities, and 7,422 new cases reported on Tuesday morning. There were 8,456 local cases and 131 imported ones, which means from abroad. On Tuesday, 8,465 COVID patients were discharged from hospitals after recovering from the coronavirus. Now, Chambury Public Health is reporting 385 new cases and two deaths. Most new cases are in Chambury City, 87, Sivarshah, 118, and Banlamung, Patia area, 97. There are 3,828 patients still in care. Now, Phuket Health Office is reporting 493 new cases, out of which 387 are local and 106 are from abroad. There was one death, and there are now 3,877 people in care. The COVID numbers have been pretty stagnant between 7,500 to 8,500 per day for the last month or so. If you look abroad, it's certainly not at the high levels that you've seen in the UK, the USA, and many, many countries throughout the world. I do believe that the numbers are being underreported, and that's mainly due to people not reporting themselves and the failure to report ATK tests or rapid antigen tests as COVID positive and adding them to the national numbers and that has also played a part in it. Obviously though things are not as bad here maybe as in other countries around the world. Hospitals are certainly not full or not busy here so that has to be seen as a good thing. And we'll start off with the first story of the day. 20 million people eligible to register for welfare cards. The cabinet has approved a new round of registration for state welfare cards, a scheme to help low-income residents cope with the rising costs of living, government spokesman Tanakorn Wambunkanchana said. About 20 million people are eligible for the cards, including current card holders. Newly registered individuals are expected to be able to start using them on October 1. Existing state welfare cardholders currently receive a monthly payment of 300 baht if a person's annual income is under 30,000 baht or 200 baht if their annual income is between 30 to 100,000 baht. Recipients can often use the cards to get discounts at some stores. Cardholders must be at least 18 years of age and not a monk, inmate or placed in welfare homes. They must also not be a state official or employed by state agencies. Those eligible or their immediate families must also have an income or combined incomes of no more than 100,000 baht. They must not have borrowed in excess of 1.5 million baht for a home loan or 1 million baht for a car loan. They must also never have owned property. Mr. Tanacorn said the cabinet agreed to the need to eradicate flaws in the state welfare card system, including cancelling cards by people who fail to meet the criteria. The authorities will now be able to check whether existing recipients qualify. Those admitted can use their citizenship ID cards as proof. And moving along, as many people know, in the north of Thailand, about now is burning season. 
and it started off with nearly 4,000 fires. More than 4,000 so-called hotspots caused by slash and burn activities have been detected across the north as the burning season begins. The 3rd Army Region's Forest Fire Fighting Command found 4,098 hotspots across the north using satellite technology between the 1st and 31st. The unit reported that 1,517 of the hotspots broke out in forest reserves, 949 on agricultural land, and 829 in conservation forests, and 488 in agricultural land reform areas. Major General Muldi, Deputy Chief of the Forest Fire Command Centre, said the fine dust pollution level was measured throughout the north last month. In many areas, the PM 2.5 level exceeded the safe level. Meanwhile, internal security operations command units across 17 northern provinces put out forest fires in 104 acres. Units also went on foot patrols, created fire breaks and coordinated with the local communities. They also campaigned to raise public awareness about the dangers of forest fires and how they can be prevented. With summer approaching, the Army's Forest Fire Fighting Command will continue to monitor the situation. The chief of the Taplan National Park in Prachinburi said a forest fire had destroyed grasslands and over 100 rye of eucalyptus trees owned by villagers. He said the fire also spread to national park areas along the Pamen and Taprik mountain range. Firefighters eventually brought the fire under control, Mr. Prawasat said. According to local sources, some villagers have been burning forest areas as they hunted for wildlife. Forest protection authorities have vowed to take legal action against those who set fires in forest areas or public areas. If the parties that set a fire are farmers who receive state permission to grow plants in deteriorated forest lands, they would be stripped of their rights to farm there, the official said. Now this has gone on pretty much every year for eternity and it always leads to absolutely shocking PM levels in Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai and these surrounding areas. In fact, many people who live in these areas tend to move out for two or three months while this goes on because it just makes it very, very unhealthy to live in. Now the government have always promised each and every year they're going to do something about it, but as we know and most people know, they do nothing about it. People are never prosecuted and nothing ever happens. But it is really a stain on the north of Thailand in relation to people visiting, tourism, and just having a healthy lifestyle and being able to live there, you know, without breathing in this very toxic air that is out there. Now, moving along to a story in relation to the uh, Thailand Pass, the test and go, which started on the 1st of February. Hasn't seemed to really explode too much with all the uh, bookings they're expecting, but yes, uh, it has started. But hotels have now been tasked with checking bookings. Hotels must verify each Thailand Pass booking within 30 hours or visitors' registration will be automatically rejected according to new procedures aiming at monitoring RT-PCR tests. The reopening of the test and go scheme depends on monitoring 100% of the RT-PCR results and we have to encourage more tourists to download the Morchana app, Yutasak Supasorn, the Tourism Authority of Thailand Governor, told hoteliers during a meeting in preparation for the resumption of the scheme. New arrivals must take a second RT-PCR test at a hotel five days after landing in the country. To ensure guests paid for the second test and hotel room before taking their trips, hotels have to verify their bookings within 30 hours after reservation data is sent by the foreign ministry, which is responsible for the Thailand Pass registration. 
Sirapakorn Chawasamut, TAT Deputy Governor for Marketing Communications, said the new procedure called the Thailand Pass Hotel and Swap System, that's the TPHS, is designed to help track tourists and contain the possible spread of COVID-19, connecting data from all related parties and updating it for effective analysis. For locals and foreigners who live in Thailand, there are sufficient choices for the fifth day booking as there are 2,247 SHA Extra Plus hotels in 39 provinces that can handle bookings with RT-PCR tests, he said. If they cannot find a hotel in their hometown, they can travel to a nearby province. The acting president of the Chonburi Tourism Council said the main problem in the early stages of Test and Go late last year was a system that was not linked between three parties. He said tourism operators reported weak points and unexpected flaws in the process. Related authorities said they had already acknowledged these problems. We hope they will fix them properly, Mr. Tanet said. He said tourists were sometimes granted a QR code from Thailand Pass to enter the country despite lacking a hotel, an airport transfer or even an RT-PCR test booking. Many of them were unable to download Morchana, the central tracking app, because of technical problems, said Mr. Tanet. There were also unstable back-end systems that frequently broke down, while some hotels were unable to fill booking data, he said. The first and fifth day confirmation from a hotel via the TPHS should help ensure tourists who already paid for rooms and tests will not miss their appointments, said Marisul Sukasal, the president of the Thai Hotel Association. While the second test might be necessary for the early stages of the new test and go, in the long run, such restrictions should be removed or replaced with a cheaper method, such as antigen test kits, said Miss Marisa. So this is the new Thailand Pass test and go, as we've spoken about, which is not really test and go, it's test and go, and then come back five days later and test and go all over again. Again, it just shows the lack of understanding of what tourists want, what tourists expect, and how tourists expect to be treated. In essence, as I've said before, it's three PCR tests you have to take, and they're not cheap, no matter where you come from. And if you're a family, it's just adding on to the bill. And that's why bookings are slow. And no matter what they talk about and numbers of bookings, I will really doubt they will be on the ground, you know, as in people, because I just think things will be exaggerated to make themselves look good. But this is not a system that people around the world are going, wow, what an amazing system. We have to copy that. Nobody's copying this. It's just overly complicated. Now, I did a test booking on the Thailand Pass uh, yesterday just to see how it worked. And I got to the last page. And to be honest with you, it's just cumbersome. It's too many items to upload. You know, you have to put in your hotel confirmation, your PCR confirmation. If it's a different hotel from the first one, you have to upload all different stuff. And then, by the way, you have to rely on the hotel approving that in their system before the Ministry of Foreign Affairs even looks at your application. So if the hotel doesn't click and accept, yes, they have a booking with us and those PCR tests are legitimate within 30 hours, it's automatically cancelled. Now, that's an amazing system. And just so you do know, on the hotel's back end, there is no notification system to tell them they've received a booking in this system. They don't get an email to say, Joe Bloggs has uh, has applied for the Thailand Pass and he's now waiting for you to click yes, he has. There's nothing like that. The hotel has to keep going into the system and refreshing it and keep you know, looking it up to make sure they don't leave somebody stranded and have their holiday ruined or they have to go through the whole process again. So yeah, it's, I don't know who's created this system, but it's certainly not a person who's ever traveled in their life. 
I can certainly tell you that because a person who's an international traveler who goes on holidays abroad will know this is not what tourists will want. And I think we all know that this is not going to bring substantial numbers to the country. It's unfortunate. There is a little bit of time left in the season, but it's been ruined by this bureaucracy that's been brought into it. But nevertheless, we'll move on to something else now that I do think is very, very important. And that's in relation to testing positive in Thailand and the repercussions. As many people know, coming to Thailand can be cumbersome, overly bureaucratic, but the parts that they fail to talk to you about, and especially the tourism authority, you know, and travel agents especially, is what happens if you do test positive for COVID when you get into Thailand. Now, you may test negative with your 72-hour pre-flight test, and you may even test negative on the day that you arrive. But there is a chance, and in some areas, such as Phuket, a higher chance that you may actually test positive on the fifth day, which would have actually meant that you probably picked up COVID in Thailand. Now, as I've said many, many times, there's nearly more chance of you getting COVID in Thailand than bringing it in from abroad. And I think the numbers over the last couple of months have shown that, especially in tourist hotspots such as Phuket and Pattaya. But we're going to focus on Phuket today because they have actually issued rules in relation to testing positive or being a high-risk contact. So there are three rules that have recently been issued. And the first thing we're going to talk about is hotel room isolation. Now, all travelers who test positive for COVID-19 during their stay in Phuket would either have to be admitted to a hospital or hospital or conduct hotel isolation for a period not less than 10 days at the hotel that they are staying, assuming that the hotel participates in this uh, hotel isolation scheme. Travelers who are suitable for the mandatory 10-day hotel room isolation are required to follow these instructions. A mandatory 10 days isolation period in order to record and observe any symptoms from day 1 until day 10. Now example, if you tested positive on the 10th of January, this is considered day 1, with day 10 being the 20th of January. Travelers are required to fill out a health declaration and consent form prior to being allowed to conduct hotel room isolation. Travelers have the following medical package options available to them and they can select from these. Package A, which is a thousand baht, first screening, medical certificate only, and that's provided by a government hospital. Now, package B is 2000 baht, screening, medical certificate and some equipment and that's also provided by a government hospital by the way when i say equipment they're talking about one of these oximeters and a thermometer and package c and d which range between 12 to 15,000, which are basically screening medical certificate equipment and a medical consultant and that is uh, provided by a government hospital or a private hospital and that will all depend on the hotel that you're staying at in this hotel isolation uh, mandate. Travelers under hotel room isolation are not allowed nor permitted to leave their room or villa. Now, once the 10-day isolation period is completed, the travelers will receive a medical certificate from the hospital stating you have completed the mandatory hotel room isolation and you are free to leave the room. However, they must follow the release requirements as stated by the doctor assigned to their case. After your release, you are required to stay away from crowded areas and you must continue to follow COVID-19 free rules and regulations, especially wearing a mask in public areas. Now, people are persons of high-risk contact. They are mandatory requirements for persons of high-risk contacts as follows. Now, firstly, who is a high-risk contact? A person is considered high-risk when they have occupied the same room or have been in close contact with a person who is known to have tested positive for COVID-19. Normally, you should relocate to an alternative room if you've been staying in the room of an infected person. 
you must conduct a seven-day self-quarantine and then three days of self-monitoring. During this time, you will be required to conduct two PCR or possibly rapid antigen tests on day five or six and another on day 10. Throughout the quarantine period, you'll be required to remain in the room or villa until the seventh day has been completed. During the last three days of self-monitoring, you must avoid crowded areas and wear a mask at all times outside of the room or villa. If either PCR test returns positive, you will require to enter the hotel room isolation as stated above. If your ATK test returns positive, you could and would have to conduct a PCR test to confirm the result or immediately begin the hotel room isolation for 10 days. Now, in the case of a high-risk contact, uh, who wishes to stay with a guest who's tested positive for COVID-19, for example, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever, you've been staying in the same room, you must agree to remain in self-isolation for 10 days. And during this time, they recommend that you would do a daily ATK or rapid antigen test. Now that's for people who are maybe a couple or something and they don't want to be separated, then you must do the same amount of quarantine as the person with the COVID-19. Kind of makes sense, I guess. Now, if during this time of isolation, when you've been testing negative, you test positive at any point, you then have to start a 10-day isolation again. So it can be a very repetitive thing. My advice is, even if you're with somebody or on your holidays and you're negative and the other person's positive, is to isolate straight away because you don't want to get COVID five days later and then they start the clock ticking. That means you would have been in isolation for 15 days. You just don't want that to happen. So what my advice to people is, is to isolate straight away, separate rooms, because you'll be out a lot quicker. There is a very high chance that if you stay in a room with somebody who's COVID positive, that you may get COVID along the way. I've seen it happen to a couple of people. I've heard about it. They've got today. I actually know a guy who got to day 10 of his 10-day isolation. This is when they were doing 10 days for close contacts and 14 days for COVID positive. And he got to day 10, he did his final PCR test and he tested positive. And he had to go into quarantine for another 14 days. So in essence, he was in Thailand an extra 24 days from when he was probably meant to go home because I think he tested uh, or his friend tested positive a couple of days before they were meant to leave. So his holiday was dragged out 24 more days. And of course, the insurance didn't pay for the first 10 days because that was just hotel isolation. And the insurance companies most of them will not pay if you're not sick. They only will pay when you go to a hospital or when you are diagnosed with having COVID-19. So yeah, you have to be careful of that. But like, as people should know, and they should always remember, international travel during this time, there is a risk. And no matter what country you go to, there will be rules and regulations in relation to testing positive for COVID-19, no matter where you go. And Thailand is no different than any other country. I doubt most countries would allow you just roam freely anyway. And certainly to get back onto an airplane and go back to your own country, you probably would have to test negative. A lot of countries still have PCR testing on arrival. Now, I know the likes of Ireland, the UK, Norway, I think have scrapped it. I believe Denmark, the Netherlands have scrapped it. Yes, a lot are scrapping it, but still... Just be careful when you're coming abroad. Know the risks about international travel at the moment. And if you do that and, you know, you take precautions when you're abroad, then you should be fine. But I do, and I'd love to know where people do get COVID from and how they get infected. Because I think in these kind of touristy areas, such as Phuket Pattaya, where you see a lot of numbers of COVID positive uh, people, is it because 
there's a very large amount of people within those provinces who are actually positive for COVID and they just don't know it and they're just spreading it to other people. Obviously, people aren't getting very sick, but I wonder, is that a case of what's happening in these areas? Because you do hear of people who may have had very little contact where people end up getting COVID. Could they be getting it from hotel workers? Could they be getting it, you know, from their roommate, wherever it may be? So I'd love to know what you think about this all too. I mean, do you think travel during a pandemic right now is worth it? Or do you think, you know, we need to keep moving forward with our lives? And because we've lost a lot of time over the last couple of years, I'd love to know your opinion, guys, as always, down below in that comment section. And moving along, uh, Thailand stops and blocks the Meg 2 filming in Krabi to protect their beaches. The team producing a sequel to a sci-fi monster movie was today told they cannot shoot in the Thai South due to environmental concerns. Now, Krabi province officials rejected a request to shoot scenes for a Meg 2 The Trench in April and May at attractions such as Ralai, Tansai and Pranang beaches. The provincial governor said shooting the helicopter and jet ski scenes with a nearly 400 strong film crew would harm the environment and thus violate regulations put in place to stem degradation by banning jet skis, parasailing, banana boats and umbrellas on the beach. Now Putipong added that the team also feared that if allowed, the movie might present the wrong image of Krabi to audiences, leading them to believe tourists can ride a jet ski there. Now that's because audience assume that everything in a prehistoric shark movie versus you know Jason Stratum is a hundred percent reality. Of course. Now according to Thai PBS, the provincial administration committee was split. Some agreed with letting it go forward, citing the transformative impact of 2000's The Beach, which was shot in Maya Bay, which makes the attraction famous worldwide. The 2018 original was a Chinese co-production, and although it depicted Stratum's diver Jonas. Taylor as a washed up living above a Thai bar, no scenes were shot in the kingdom. In 2021 alone, more than 70 farm film projects were shot in Thailand, credited with bringing in roughly 3.4 billion Thai baht, now that's about 103 million US dollars. The United States accounted for most of that, followed by Hong Kong, Singapore, France and then China, according to government data. Putipong said that while he wants income to boost the local economy, he's afraid the environmental damage may not be worth it. Filming of Meg 2, The Trench, directed by Ben Wheatley, began earlier this month in the United Kingdom at a Warner Brothers studio. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Roundup. Phuket marks hollow Chinese New Year. Local Thai Chinese residents in Phuket town quietly honoured the first day of the Lunar New Year on February 1st by visiting shrines to perform blessing ceremonies and praying for good tidings in the Chinese New Year. Phuket taxi driver gets 1,000 baht fine, politeness training for verbally abusing tourists. The Phuket taxi driver involved in the fracas that saw him unload a tirade of verbal abuse on a Thai tourist couple in Canada last Friday has been fined 1,000 baht and sentenced to three hours of politeness training. And we're going to cover this story on the next show because I think it's worth looking at the various aspects of it and then the behavior of the taxi mafia and the inability of the government to do anything about it. So that will be in our definitely in our next show. And finally, take lessons, raise standards, Governor tells Phuket health officials. Phuket Governor Narong Wunsi has ordered officials to prepare how to treat tourists appropriately if they test positive for COVID-19 or are designated high-risk contacts after landing on the island. 
But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.